Could be a chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson. And if Salah can lift it, still Salah. The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. The Champions League marches on, and the Premier League is not stopping anytime soon. Southampton's form hasn't been great, but they did good enough to get a draw. Against Chelsea, however, Thomas Tuchel stays undefeated at the helm in West London. Everton get their first win at Anfield against the Liverpool in the 21st century as the champions continue to tumble. David Moyes won the battle of managers sacked by Manchester United as West Ham defeated Spurs 2-1. Leicester got a 2-1 victory over Villa as they continue to cement themselves as a top-four team. It's nearly March. Will the wheels fall off again? Manchester City's death march continues. They went to Arsenal, got a 1-0 victory before a road win in Europe. And Manchester United bounced back, getting a 3-1 victory over Newcastle as they face a huge test against Chelsea this week. I'm Andrew Pissarro alongside Javier Revelo and Alex Moss. Follow us along on Twitter and Instagram at the Ghost Goal Podcast, at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMoss92, at JavierRev9. And uh, since Javier wants me to switch up the open of the pod, uh, we're doing a poll question on my other podcast today. Are you guys Team Rihanna or Team Beyonce? I've been team Beyonce since day one, baby. I used to have multiple pictures of her on my wall as a kid in our seventh grade, like writing assignments where we used to have to write stories about ourselves in certain places like the Oregon Trail and stuff. I would write the story and she would be my wife in it. And I, we would literally have like 10 kids. And I did that with... So in Bo Duplinski's, I did that. Uh, no, no, no. This, English class. This was Mr. Serby uh, when, uh, when he was there for a brief time. Uh, <laughs> but it, it got to a point where the teacher uh, called my parents and asked them for a meeting. And when they got to the meeting and he explained that this was the problem, they, they just started laughing. Like, <laughs> they're like, Alex, you really like Beyonce, huh? <laughs> Alex 12 year old really me was Beyonce. like yeah I, yeah, yeah i really like beyonce javier uh, I, I definitely rihanna i like her music way more I'm, I'm also team rihanna i just like team rihanna was running away with it with the poll question when I, last i checked it was like 77 percent of people yeah, said team riri yeah the, rihanna, uh, which, uh, the, the the beehive can be a little aggressive and uh even that's put me off i'm uh, kind of okay with that like let's let's get the let's get the bay hive like at mad at this podcast and they'll be tweeting about it and there's a chance that people will start listening to us as we talk about the premier league and frankly how much i fucking hate the game of soccer right now it's the worst like let me tell you does it pretty unpredictable fucking yeah it it sucks right now no no no. right now right now it's pretty damn predictable we've lost four straight times at home we haven't scored a premier league goal, goal at home uh, we just lost to Everton, like I said in the intro, oh, for the first oh, time in the twenty first century. This is a Liverpool thing. This isn't a, oh, this, a gambling yeah, yeah, not thing. A, not a, so yeah, I was, not, I was I about was to gambling say, too. weren't you yeah. doing well with your picks? You picked, got a bunch oh, of underdogs. Oh, I crushed this weekend. I absolutely. I went five eight between uh, the video picks and the first episode of Plus Money, which we'll have another episode out um, coming out by at least Friday of this week. I crushed it. Went five eight, and I, I the things that I put two units on both hit. So I, I absolutely slammed it down, and then. 
I got fucked hard in the Atalanta game. I don't know how that was a red card. I know we're not really talking Champions League, but that the red card in Real Madrid Atalanta in like the twentieth minute just completely changed the game. And uh, don't worry, Atalanta so that, are still in it. They can still go through. They're definitely they're very much still in it. So. Well, yeah, I mean, Champions League, I, I will say, head-to-head this week, Champions League, or last week, Champions League, I feel like last week was more fun. And I am I feel like I'm, well, the Olivier Giroud goal. Yeah, the ties was, The ties this week suck. They all are, like, The Olivier Giroud tight. goal was very yeah, good. Yeah, but, yeah, they're all tight but, and, like, Andrew, very, I only have uh, one wad to burst, and uh, I'm not going to do it this early, so. Well, stop talking about Olivier Giroud before I uh, go ahead and bust. <laughs> I I'm, I was shocked that that was considered onside, but um, what Giroud's you know, goal? Yeah, I thought you I not, was watching. Do you not it know the rule? I, probably not. I if, mean, if the defender plays it backwards and you're offside, then it's not offside. See, I didn't know yeah, that. Today I learned. It has to be one of your own players playing the ball, which it kind of looked like at first glance. But yeah, no, it was Hermoso. Also, breaking news to everybody: Bayern Munich, pretty good at football. In case you in case you weren't aware, breaking news: Lazio not that good. <laughs> yeah, also that that over I, that over was the easiest bet I've ever placed in my entire life. We but we look. Well, let's get back to the Premier League. We've got a decent weekend approaching. Manchester City West Ham, which is the early game, actually might be decent. Leicester City Arsenal, Chelsea Manchester United is no slouch as well. Um, but uh, as I said earlier, I hate everything about Liverpool, so I don't really want to talk about them just yet. Shall we discuss managers fired by Manchester United in David Moyes and um, Jose Mourinho as Tottenham fell again uh, in a London derby, this time to West Ham. Mikel Antonio in the fifth minute, Jesse Lingard in the 47th, and then Lucas Moura snagging one back for Tottenham. Um, what, do you guys th- what do you guys think? I mean, Liverpool are definitely in trouble with the top four. Are we ready to declare like Tottenham definitively out of the top four? Are we there yet? Or what are, what are our thoughts here? I so feel far? like Arsenal and Tottenham are, are out of the top four, and we're both going to be probably fully going for Europa. But that's probably for both of us the best avenue to, to get Champions League. I don't think Tottenham's going to have the consistency to, to make top four right now because there's, there's a lot of gap now. I mean, never say never, but yeah, the same thing as last time. Unless they dra- like drastically improve their form, and uh, you know, are I guess if they have a game in hand. The season. They they have a game in hand where they could gain some ground, but they would really have to go on a run, you know. And, and it's not like the team can't do it. You know, they're more likely lost to four of their last they're, five. They're though. more likely to go on a run than Arsenal are, I think, until the end of the season. I don't know. We'll see. But it's very close to, to being out of the top four race for both of us. If they're go- if they're going to have any chance at it, I think uh, it it may be through winning Europa League, which kind of seems like what, that's what Mourinho would want to do anyway, just to make up that uh, that trophy guarantee that he he brought along with him to uh, North London. But the, the two things I've noticed uh, from that West Ham game, and just like in general, but the West Ham game kind of cemented for me were that like Mourinho likes to flaunt himself as like this defensive manager who goes team well drilled and they're sitting in this low block and they can surprise you and uh, and get goals off the counter with a lot of pace 
but like defensively, I, I've been noticing that the actual like way in which they tackle or a lot of their players tackle, it's not exactly f- like focused too much on going for the ball. There's a lot of this sort of like jockeying for position with their bodies where they're too focused on trying to maybe block a player out from uh, continuing his run like that Jesse Lingard goal, the second goal that made it two nil and the way Tottenham were playing at the time, it made it seem insurmountable. In the build-up to that goal, there was like a question of offside and everything like that. But Jesse Lingard like knocks a ball past someone, and Eric Dyer, I think, is trying like tr- as he's trying to win the ball, he's instead using his body to try and like block off Lingard and keep him from running in behind and finishing it first time. And he obviously screws Secret up. Secret agent and- God Jesse Lingard. Yeah, he's doing a world of good for uh, for his home his parent club, but. Just, just that as an example of like how poorly they tackle is, uh, is I think very apparent, and you'll you'll see it on plenty of other situations that uh, from previous games that Tottenham have had this season. Do, do you think that and, means like Mourinho's like, because like that's supposed to be the trademark of his team, like defensive solidity. A part of me thinks that he's like he's coaching he like the, he's coaching like the team as like a whole to play uh, to play a certain system. But on like the individual level, he's not, you know, correcting things like how to tackle, which I can understand because he's thinking to himself, these are professionals. They've been taught that they don't need. We're far past the point of learning the basics of tackling. But I feel like one of his one of his assistants may need to get a grip of that and figure it out quickly. Uh, so if that they can improve that. And number two, if they can bring in to the fold and sort of keep him healthy and engaged I honestly think you just have to start riding with Gareth Bale because in in the second half when he came on against West Ham, he was by far Tottenham's most uh, threatening player, Uh, almost scored like once or twice uh, and then had a pretty good game in the second leg of the the Wolfsburger Europa League game uh, earlier today. Like, so, I, I mean, that's obviously not the same level of opposition, but He's like the one sort of X factor they have up their sleeve that, you know, if they can get him firing, I know it hasn't been happening all season, but frankly, Mourinho hasn't really given it the chance to happen and to like flourish. So you got nothing to lose now. Throw him in there with Son and Kane and everyone else, because uh, even those two look like they've sort of lost interest a little bit and they've kind of given up on the rest of the team. So. You need a little bit more injection of like pace and, and, and just overall talent to, to get anything done. And Gareth Bale, I think, is going to be the one they have to lean on to do that. Tottenham take on Burnley this weekend. Do you think uh, – I just looked. They've lost in the Premier League alone, going back to that loss that they had at home to Liverpool. They've now lost five of their last six in the Premier League. You guys think they can get three points against Burnley at home on Sunday? Yeah, I think they can. Their, their last win was against West Brom, which team kind of yeah. in the same position near the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. Maybe Burnley have kind of put the relegation battle behind them, but it, it seems like the kind of game that, you know, from a team that's not really going to press them too much and give them too many, you know, give them too also, much they trouble. Played, they played their entire, like, a lot of their second team against Wolfsburg because they were up, I think, 4-1 in the first, from the first leg. So, yeah, correct. They didn't have to exert and play their star players like you know Kane and Son didn't have to start so I think they're going to be okay in terms of their Premier League team and and they got I don't know why they got to play on Wednesday that's a little bit weird to me maybe there's an explanation for that but 
Yeah, I think they'll 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 go like two nil against Burnley. Maybe two one. All right. Well, I actually have some sad news Liverpool related that Kate just came across the wire. So I guess we'll jump back to that. Um, it had been reported earlier this afternoon that uh, Allison's father went missing after swimming uh, in a um, some sort of family property. And as of like literally five minutes ago, they just found his father's body. Oh, so um, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that he's gonna be playing this weekend as Liverpool face off against Sheffield United. And I know this is like pretty much the most morbid turn. Uh, we could take, but um, I mean, literally, just the hits just keep coming for Liverpool. Jordan Henderson gets injured in the 30th minute. I've seen anything from four to five games to potentially the end of the season, which is another center back, not even a natural center back for Liverpool that could be out. So I, I've, I mean, you know, what I all I can say is like we've seen this for other teams as well, like like Chelsea, just the the last Chelsea winning team with Mourinho started you know they, they won the league and then they had like a horrible finish that year where they finished like 10th or some shit like that well, they started really poorly yeah and then Conte came in won the league again with that team then they had another like horrible year after that and it's not that unreasonable for like a title winning team the year after they win a title to number one get a lot more injuries which has happened and then number two just not have the same ambition and the same like 100% drive. I'm not saying they're not motivated, but they're just not 110% like going like they did the season before. It's really hard to do that year in, year out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I saw a lack of motivation against Everton. I just saw a lack of like people wanting to take somebody on and fucking try something. I just felt like it almost felt like they were just maintaining possession and passing the ball side to side constantly. I didn't see a lot of like guy making run or person you know setting something up or trying trying frankly trying to do something and you know that's this Everton team I don't I don't buy them but they're definitely a much better Everton team and we've seen frankly since the teams that had Lukaku on it this is easily the best team since that so uh you know I think of the Roberto Martinez teams that probably what went I got fifth and ended up in Europa League that one year so you can't you're not gonna be able to just do that against Everton and um yeah I, I I mean I'm hoping that this Sheffield game because they're pretty much stuck and not gonna get relegated but here's the thing Chris Wilder fucking hates Jurgen Klopp and he he's made that note known so I still feel like he's gonna have his boys go out there and give it a run out so it's not like they're just gonna like Sheffield's take a dive. Done. Sheffield, they, they're they, done. This but last they are, weekend they he, had their like do or die game against Fulham, where if they won it, maybe they could catch up to around Fulham and Newcastle. But that was it. I think that losing one nil to Fulham is the the shattering blow and like the the gasp of life that Fulham needed to to bring Brighton and Newcastle and and. Uh, Burnley all back into the conversation for for relegation, and yeah. I mean even Southampton, uh, the way they're playing right now, like if Fulham stay on a run and like Newcastle, Brighton, and Burnley, who are all decent teams, get a win or two, who knows if uh, Southampton, Southampton gets really sucked has into fallen it? Hard. They're at thirty points right now. I mean it's it's scary. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Did, I don't know just, how Fulham are. Did gonna, we just like, move on from uh, Everton getting their first win at Liverpool since like nineteen ninety nine? None of us are Everton fans. Fuck that club. No, I mean oh, wow. that, that's that's a huge deal. Come well, on. And I was like, gonna say I was gonna say that this team is better than any of those teams. I think it's as, as probably as good of a team for Everton as the. 2005 one with Moyes that uh, that got Champions League 
So this is probably the best Everton team, close to the, the the best one that the Premier League has had. So, you know, good for them. They've spent a shitload of money and have brought in some very good players who have finally they, started they to work out. Lucas, Lucas Dina got a new deal. But I think, honestly, Calvert-Lewin, Calvert-Lewin is probably one of their best players, and he's turned out kind of – he was – I don't think he was expensive at all. I think he... Uh, we came from their academy. Yeah. And no, I don't think so. I think they purchased him from somewhere really? as like a youth product. Huh. So, but yeah, for some I mean, reason, Everton, I feel like he came from Sheffield. Everton aren't going away. They're sticking in it. They have a game in hand. They win their game in hand, and they're right in it under, you know, tied on points with Chelsea and then two points out of top four behind West Ham. That's crazy that West Ham uh, were doing this shit. <laughs> Calvert-Lewin did come from Sheffield, Alex. He was... Uh, he broke through there in... 2014, and then in 2016, Everton purchased him for 1.5 million. So, n- interesting. Not, so, not from Mercedes so many side. random players that I don't realize came from Sheffield United. Like when I learned that Harry Maguire used to play there before he played at Hull, I, I was just surprised. There's a there's a whole lot of them. But yeah, Jamie Vardy, big win for Everton. Big win for Everton. Call me when they win a trophy. Like I said, Liverpool have to take on Sheffield, and I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say. Uh, Kelleher will be in between the pipes on Sunday. I, I would say take it a little easy on the salt there with the uh, call me when they win a trophy. Like it's been twenty five years. The, the yeah, comparison, yeah, yeah. but they're, they're- the, the comparison I would make uh, for this result is uh, I guess in Antonio Conte's second year with Chelsea, we finally lost at home to Tottenham after thirty years, and that uh, that was incomprehensible. Like. The, the, the bare minimum for any Chelsea manager was to beat Tottenham at home or to not lose at the very least. And that we didn't beat Everton this year. Like that's a real thing. Like the, like yeah. I remember years of just looking at Everton and be like, those are six points. Like we beat the shit out of them five, two right before, uh, right before Ancelotti came in. And like, I don't know, Everton game was like almost like a, if it was at home, like the over is going to hit and Liverpool are just going to run right over this team. And any game at Goodison was going to be hard fought, and they got the result on Sunday or on Saturday. Um, I captain Salah in fantasy, it, uh, fully expecting something like that, and uh, then it never came. Uh, yeah, I gotta no, say, they just you guys are having never, some issues with who. No matter who the midfield three that you pick is, you're having a lot of issues defending or like shielding that back line. Like for the first goal, four minutes in. Uh, there's three midfielders all around Hamas Rodriguez as he brings that ball down and plays that nicely like timed ball just past Kabak. Like obviously there's some blame to be placed on Kabak there for not, you know, anticipating the run and, you know, covering it himself. But you can see three Liverpool midfielders go to close down Hamas Rodriguez and they're all a second or two too late. So uh, it's not like those players are not capable of uh, of shielding that back line. It, this just seems to be an issue of uh, confidence and who is whose job is it to do that kind of thing in certain situations? Because it's kind of like a, a, a like a, a defensive midfield by committee, you know. At the moment, there's there's three yeah, midfielders. I mean, they're all perfectly capable of going forward and helping trigger attacks, and they're all ca- capable of dropping in a little bit. And playing defensively, but there just hasn't been the sort of fluidity and chemistry of past seasons where you guys are just playing the same lineup over and over and over again and building those those reps and that consistency that uh, that's just not there this year. And there seems to be just a little bit of confusion uh, in the defensive side of the game that's uh, allowing things like that to happen. 
it's not a good sign, Definitely. but it's fixable. I mean, 18 different center back combinations now for Liverpool after this Sunday. So I think that definitely has part to do with it. Um, I would expect Ben Davies to get his first run out this weekend. And the other positive news is Fabinho, uh, Diego Jota back in full training, expected to be fit enough for the bench, which is good because if anybody needs to be sit down, it's Roberto Firmino. Um, let's move later along. Uh, Leicester City getting another crucial win. They uh, beat Aston Villa this time. Madison and Barnes added again 19th and 23rd minute before Traore uh, pulling one back from Aston Villa. I don't think the wheels are going to fall off for Leicester anytime soon. Uh, they're doing well in Europa League. Um, Vardy's back. I expect them to go. What? I said Vardy, the, the Arsenal slayer, is back. Yeah, I looked at that bet for the weekend. It's at minus money, so I couldn't take it. But uh, that's an absolute Minus lock. money? That he's going to score yeah. on us? Oh, I mean, most laws minus 150 to score. Vardy is like minus 105 to score anytime. Oh, that's painful. The bookies don't give us anything. They're just like, you're going to get shredded. We need to get shredded by guys- Man City. I think Leicester's going to crush I'd, us. I mean, I don't know about crush you. I think Leicester wins 2 1. I think I think Leicester most likely win too, but I think stylistically Arsenal have a, a good enough press and a good enough like I think defensively we've Partey's back, which is huge. I think we're going to improve a lot when if when he's. But is he going to play mission. this game? Or are you guys going to use him for Europa? Is really the question I have. He's probably because... going to play in Europa. Yeah, that's right. Honestly, because of Europa, but Leicester City have Europa as well, don't they? Yeah, but that's not really the point. What I'm saying, though, is that the Europa League match is far more important for you guys than this Leicester City matchup. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And it's, it's, Honestly, it's the reverse I wouldn't be for surprised. Leicester. They should yeah. probably go out of the Europa League and just focus on keeping this top four spot. Like, they don't need right. any distractions right now. Yeah, they don't. So, you know, I, I think Leicester will probably win. I'm going to say 2-1 Leicester as well. Congratulations, Javier. The first step to recovery is is admitting that uh, you're shit. <laughs> um, no, no, but we could easily I mean, I guess, we, we could easily be the, the, oh, the flip, though. You know, it could easily be the flip. We could get away. There it is. There it is, everybody. There it is. We could easily get away. We are gods. Thing, Although I will Martinelli, say, Manchester City, God. Manchester City got the win against Arsenal, but. Arsenal did well to not get absolutely well. And remember what I said. Them. I said that it was going to be like a really low game of chances, and it wasn't. There weren't that many chances. City had a couple of chances, but it was. Uh, you know. I, I I specifically wrote down four chances outside of the the goal that were very surprising that City didn't score on at least like two of them. So it probably should have been like three. Like in, in that first thirty minutes, you it was frankly like surprising that, that you guys didn't concede more, you know, because there was that chance when Fernandinho switched the ball out to the right wing to uh, Mares and Cancelo got a fizz ball across that Xhaka was able to cut out. Uh, a few minutes later, like Raheem Sterling got one v one and he just got caught like standing over the ball and didn't manage to get his shot off. But it was a clear one v one that he. But that was very away. good defending. Both of those were like very good defending. Well, it was good defending because Raheem Sterling got the ball like tangled up between his feet and didn't and didn't get a shot on goal. Uh, and then there was the Gundogan finesse shot that Leno had to dive like to his left, to the bottom left corner of the goal to to keep out. 
And then finally, the Cancelo, like, attempted Trivella that he did. He was trying to do his Ricardo Quaresma thing and curl it with the outside of his right foot from, like, six yards out. And it went just wide left. Oh, yeah. Like, that was that was close, too. You're right. But there, I have a question to ask about him. And credit to me as a Liverpool fan for asking this. If you're a Manchester City fan listening at home, tweet me and say thank you for this. Is Jao Cancelo best right back in the league this year? I mean... Aaron Wan-Bissaka is probably the best like defensive one, but like we're talking all around here. I think so. Yeah, that could be that could be pretty accurate. The the the, the thing that would even boost Cancelo's resume is that as we saw today in their Champions League win against Mönchengladbach, he can play over at left wing back, and mm-hmm. you know both goals come from uh, you know diagonal balls from Cancelo cutting in uh, from the left wing onto his right foot. You know, teams are so pegged back deep when City can peg their opposition that far deep. There's no one that can can step up and really get to Cancelo in time and keep him from playing those lofted balls from left to right that Silva was able to get on the end of twice and score on one and then square it back to Jesus to score the second. So, yeah, he's just a, a very Pep Guardiola type weapon. I, I, I still don't know what to think of him defensively. But City so often uh, doesn't doesn't really matter. They're in possession so often, and they just leave the defending up to Ruben Dias and John Stones and Rodri. That you know it, it leaves Cancelo you know perfectly available to help in possession and be an attacking threat. So yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, even though we are starting to see signs from Ricardo Pereira, he had a good game against uh, like Villa uh, and after yeah. being out for a year with that ACL injury. So. Yeah, it's up for debate. Manchester City take on West Ham seven thirty on wow, Saturday. Wow, what if what if I mean, what if West Ham was the team to do it? I don't um, think it's gonna uh, be. Don't it, even think about it. Yeah, they are plus eleven hundred to win. Wow, the tie is plus five fifty. Also, if I believe correctly, well, West Ham did draw. That would not them be a bad bet. That would not be a bad but, bet. A draw. Um. Okay. The last time Manchester that. City lost to West Ham was 2015. Ooh, that's a long time. That's probably why that's um, uh, plus 1100 or whatever you, are, you, you said yeah. it was. There's a lot of drubbings in here, like August 2019, 5-0, July 2019. Oh, no, I know, but oh, this, is, the, this the, is a different West Ham side. I, I agree, but... Are they going to be able to withstand the attack? I feel like they've become are, they've become almost. Are the, they going to do what they did against Liverpool and show them way too much respect? That yeah, what well, the latter? I think I think that's probably going to be their their downfall. They'll probably go for a defensive counterattacking heavy approach, but. I mean, there's only so much that like Jared Bowen and Mikel Antonio like it would it would take an absolutely like monstrous performance from Mikel Antonio, uh, basically like isolated against whoever the center back pairing for Manchester City is, uh, because it's going to be very difficult for their their fullbacks and for someone like Thomas Suchek to to get up the field and help because he's they're going to be stuck defending uh, at the back so much that that can kind of limit. Uh, your your late runners from getting up and you know uh, popping up with goals and assists like late in moves. So I'm I'm leaning towards probably like a like a two nil Manchester City here, uh, maybe a two one, and it uh, becomes pretty close. I like two nil to be totally honest with you. 
I mean, no European football to contend with for West Ham, so they get a bit of a rest while City have to will have had to go to Mönchengladbach and and, and come back. So I don't know. Do it yeah, that but way they you have will. the they have this they have the depth. I'm not like yeah. I'll say I'll say two teams, one City. I'll give West Ham some credit. Say that they score on them. Maybe three um, one even. All right, but the biggest game of the weekend is Chelsea Manchester United. We haven't talked about really about either of the two clubs. Um, Chelsea drew early Saturday morning against Southampton. Takumi Minamino scoring again on loan from Liverpool. No, no, no. We're not. We're, we're not talking about that result. The the most recent result is the the one we obviously need to focus on. <laughs> I was getting there. Don't. I was, uh, just just I don't was even mention there. the Southampton game. There's no need. He's it's like, not no, necessary. No, no, no. Yeah. We don't, but um, Tuchel's still unbeaten in his Chelsea tenure. He's still unbeaten, and then he got a monstrous win um, against Atletico Madrid. I mean, quote unquote, on the road. It wasn't at the Wanda, so it was where? Where did you guys play? Did you guys play in Hungary too? In uh, it, it, it used to be called Bucharest, but we call it Bucharest now. Oh, okay, because of that win, or <laughs> was that because of a Europa League trophy? There? No, 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 because of that win. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> No, no, I got the joke. I got the joke. That wasn't the point. I wasn't sure if you guys. I, I got that's that's why I guess you guys only have what three European trophies, three or, or like a club world cup or uh, not club world cup, but uh, in total European trophies, like probably like yeah. four or five. But some of them yeah, are like cup winners cups and stuff like that, and like the inner city ones. Yeah, we have we have um, like three Europa leagues and one Champions League, so. Yeah, it makes sense. I wasn't sure if one of them had happened there, because if, you know, I would make that joke all the time. But, I mean, it is what it is. Liverpool have won more trophies at, at Atletico Madrid than they have, so I uh, hate to see that, folks. Anyways, Chelsea got a massive win against Atletico. Dramatic goal from Olivier Giroud that we already talked about on this podcast. And Manchester United had a, I would say, entertaining game against Newcastle, winning 3-1. Rashford in the 30th, Daniel James, and then a Bruno Fernandes penalty after an absolute dive by uh, Marcus Rashford and St. Maximin scoring uh, the one goal for Newcastle. Look, I mean, Manchester United bounced back after a tough draw the week before and got a, a, a pretty routine win. Chelsea had a really good week. A part of me wants to say this should be a good game. Uh, the other part of me thinks this is going to be boring as hell on a 1-1 draw that never opens up, if we're being totally honest. I, I I don't know the the two. I feel like because United will be able to rest their their entire squad. I mean because they they already up four nil in the in the Europa League tie, and I'm right. sure that they'll be at, they'll be at home for the second leg tomorrow against. They, Real they have a big enough squad and good enough players that they can they can go for that competition and get top four. So I think they'll they'll play their full squad and they'll be fresh against Chelsea, who have just played a Champions League game against Atletico Madrid. I don't, so, okay, I don't think freshness is going to be an issue, seeing as we played on Tuesday night and this game is on Sunday. Like, yeah, but I you really forget that this pace, this pace has been the entire time. But we we had like a season. week off the the week before. Like, I, I I don't think fatigue is going to be that much of an issue in this one. Also, like we're at home, slightly smaller pitch. Uh, I, I'm I'm just more so. I guess I feel uh, more scared of this game than I did the Atletico Madrid game, even though stylistically, like what we're going to be coming up against is kind of similar, Uh, except where Atletico Madrid, you know, overall, they did a very good job of, you know, maintaining that very defensive uh, system. Uh, but they, they couldn't really find any sort of uh, positive positivity on the counterattack against us. I, I think Manchester United are going to you know be a lot better and have, obviously have plenty 
better weapons and more familiarity with uh, this Chelsea this Chelsea team and these Chelsea players to be able to cause us problems on the counterattack. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that Chelsea can win, but if we do, it's going to be low scoring, like a two-one at most. The thing um, is, is United but, United but there's, have there's been potential like, for United to blow us out. Scoring a lot of goals. Like if yeah. we go to if we if we go fall behind, similarly to the four-nil in Frank Lampard's first game, if we fall behind somewhat early and then overextend ourselves to try and get that uh, equalizer, then there can just be a couple of counterattacks later or we're down we're down three nil and that's obviously the worst case scenario for Chelsea fans but I think we can prevent that from happening because frankly uh, there were times in that Atletico Madrid game that Xiao Felix Luis Suarez they even brought on Musa Dembele the uh, former Leon and Celtic striker and what's his name uh, Correa whichever Correa they have that that attacking there. unit, you know, isn't untalented. They're top of the La Liga for a reason. They had a bad game against us, but our back three of Aspilicueta, Christensen, especially Christensen, and Antonio Rudiger absolutely clamped them down. It they had the only sort of opportunities they could get were if they managed to catch us. Uh, high up the field, like trying to pass out from the back, which didn't happen very it, often. It's interesting so. because Tuchel talks about that type of stuff a lot in his press conferences. He talks about like how he wants his players to snuff out all the chances and like get really tight in on tackles, and that that's what he's been emphasizing since he came into Chelsea. So, I mean, you guys have barely conceded any goals. The yeah, defensive it's, it's side, I have I have no qualms with the defensive side of what Thomas Tuchel. You were doing. like at first, you were like, "Why is he playing Rudiger?" and like, "Why is he?" But now well, you agree I, with him playing him. Well, Rudiger was has been excellent, other than that Sheffield uh, own goal he scored that was just so so dumb, so and so Antonio Rudiger. But honestly, once Thiago Silva's back, I think the change that needs to be made is that Christensen needs to keep his spot in the middle of that back three, and Thiago Silva just slots right into that left center back role with Aspilicueta on the other side. I think at, when you have those three players all in the same back three, they're all probably some of the best in their position in terms of their on-ball retention and uh, their ability to build play like steadily from the back. Uh, Rudiger's still not... Still not ideal for that kind of role, but he's able to sort of, you know, figure his figure his role out like around that. Similarly to how Gary Cahill did that one year when uh, it looks like Tuchel likes him though. Looks like yeah, yeah, he does. He he tried to sign him at PSG and he he tried to sign Ngolo Kante as well. So so I don't think he's going to be just taken out of the team like that. But no, no, he's not. Also, Silva's not due back yet. He's still out for I think like a week or two more. This is two. Teams that uh, are on unbeaten runs, two of three teams that haven't lost in their last five games in the Premier League. So something's got to give. I don't think there's going to be a draw here. I th- I'm taking the draw, actually. I think I'm taking, I'm I think it's going to be 3-2 Manchester United. Wow, so that would be a heck of a game then. Okay. That would probably be one of the more high-scoring games potential. since uh, Tuchel came in. <laughs> that would be the yeah, highest-scoring highest be- game. Honestly, might be considered like a Premier League classic, to be totally honest, if that happened. Uh, over two and a half goals at plus, uh, over three and a half goals at plus 215 at the bookies right now. But I like your confidence, Javier, in uh, entertaining us. So um, I'm going to say 1 1. I, I think it's kind of like a must win for both teams. 
I think, I think for United, it's a to... must. It's a must not lose for Manchester United. They, they, I agree. They can draw this, and you know maybe some other teams like West Ham. Actually, probably not since they're playing Manchester City, but you know maybe Liverpool turn it around and some teams start making up some ground on them, or uh, Leicester pass them with a win at Arsenal or against Arsenal. Uh, it, but the, there's still plenty of games to make those those little things up like around them. I, I'm going to say two one Chelsea. I'm gonna believe in us for this time, but um, oh, shall God. But That's something that needs to be improved on Chelsea's behalf is just the sort of quickness in decision making and decisiveness in the final third. Uh, just a slight sneak peek, but the other day, me and Hugo, uh, my, my younger brother, recorded the first of our uh, Blue Bloods bonus uh, pods that we eventually had to scrap because the audio was uh, too crappy to uh, put out there for the first one. So we're, we're working on uh, getting that fixed and re-recording a first episode and putting it up. But one of the main things we talked about was just sort of Chelsea finding the balance between still having that defensive solidity and you know being a bit more uh, opportunistic and prolific at the other end of the field without having to sacrifice the defensive side. I came to the conclusion that I don't think it's going to be a personnel, any one personnel change that like is the quick fix for Chelsea's attack. I think it's a overall like holistic approach to how you approach the final third of the field. Timo Werner was the player I zeroed in on, and I'll zero in on him now. There's too many times when you watch him that he receives the ball and he doesn't know what he's going to do with the ball like as it becomes to him. Every good player knows that as the ball is coming to you, you should already have an idea in your head that you're going to take a touch, turn and shoot, uh, take a first time touch to lay off one of your teammates. Timo will just get on the ball, like take one touch, two touch, then make a move and cut to the byline and try and take a shot at the near post. And he just allows the defenders like more time to process what's going on. He doesn't try to catch them while they're sort of flat footed and not really set and trying to defend him yet. So if that can be done, this Manchester United defense, they have plenty of gaffes in them. They 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 make mistakes all the time. So I, I think we can get away with the 2-1 here. I just... All right, guys. Yeah, I well, don't know. Um, I, I, uh, I think it's going to be a fun one, though. I don't think Chelsea go down without a fight. But uh, sometimes after these European... No, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with my thing. But I think after European, there's a little bit of a hangover sometimes after European matches. But I think United won't have it because... They'll be able to rest all their key players. I think that's why they take it. All right, guys. Well, uh, new episode of Plus Money coming out before the end of the week. I'll have my picks. I'll have another video out with other picks. Follow along uh, Twitter and Instagram for that. Uh, at Ghost Gold Pod at Andrew Passaro at ASMoss92 at JavierRev9. Alex, do you want to uh, do you want to predict a Leeds loss? I know we didn't talk about them, but do you want to? Do, are they going to lose to Aston Villa? And no, I don't again. want to because uh, for the same reason they lost to uh, Leicester, Jack Grealish is going to be out. So I, I, I can't predict Aston Villa to win anything when win. Grealish is out. Yeah, they Leeds played them off the park in the reverse fixture. I remember that because I fucking bet on Villa. They were riding high and then they absolutely got played off the park by Leeds and lost 3-0 in the reverse fixture. So um, yeah, but uh, that about wraps it up from us and uh, we'll be back next week. Until next time. Sorry.